So this is the 70th anniversary of Pope Pius XII giving us a pronounced dogma of the Assumption of Mary in the church. The Assumption had been believed for many centuries, but Pius XII consulted with the bishops, consulted with the laity throughout the world, is this something that is universally believed in the church? Mary's assumption, body and soul, into heaven. Is it within the tradition of the church to make this pronouncement as a dogma? And it came back as a resounding yes. So for 70 years, it's been the official solemnity and a holy day of obligation in the church. Except, of course, when it falls on a Saturday or a Monday and the church gives us an easy way out. But it's nice to see so many people here celebrating in church and with us over the internet this morning to celebrate our mother, our mother who watches over us, who protects us, who intercedes for us with our Heavenly Father. Sometimes it's difficult to think, what do these feasts really mean for us? How relevant are they to us today? especially the feasts about Mary. But they're very relevant because Mary is the ultimate disciple of Jesus, her son. Mary shows us how to live in this life. Most of the Marian feasts that we celebrate, this gospel from Luke happens to be for most of her feasts. And so we pick up in Luke today, after the angel Gabriel has announced to Mary that she is the chosen one, the one chosen by God before all time and all places to bear the Christ, to bring forth the Christ, to be the mother of God. And again, imagine, betrothed, not married, a young teenage girl, but she accepts God's will in her life. Let it be done for me according to your word. But then she doesn't just sit home and fret what her parents might think, what Joseph might do, what the neighbors will talk about behind her back. She doesn't worry about that because the angel Gabriel tells her that her Cousin Elizabeth, advanced in years, is also with child. For this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. So Mary sets out in haste, travels to the hill country. A difficult journey, a dangerous journey for a young girl. Because she knows that Elizabeth needs her help. And so Mary, again, fulfills God's will and also fulfills the will of helping God's people. And so she thinks of others before herself. She thought of you and she thought of me when she said yes to God to conceive the divine Son. Mary is a model for us 
of how to live our lives, obedient to the will of the Father, in service to one another. And so it really is no wonder. Once she accomplishes the works of God, those things that God wanted and needed her to do for building up God's kingdom on earth, when she accomplished those, when she finished those, that God would take her body and soul into heaven. For what son doesn't want his mother with him for eternity? And so we hope to follow in that path. Follow certainly in the footsteps of Jesus. But following in the footsteps of Jesus means we also follow in the footsteps of his mother who was totally obedient to God's will and in service to her fellow human being. May we use the example of Mary to spur us on in this life, to help us pray, to help us have courage, to help us have trust and hope that God has a plan, that we are part of that plan, and that we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the plan God has for our lives, and then to help us carry that out. So on this day where we celebrate the homecoming of Mary, may we be able to celebrate our own homecoming someday at the end of our life. May we look forward to that day of resurrection when the tombs will be opened and the souls will be reunited with the body in a glorious, profound way, and that we will be truly like our Savior, Jesus Christ, sinless and in glory. Yes, this feast is for us. This feast spurs us on in the difficulties and the struggles of our life. That God will eventually call us home to our true home, heaven.